The word failure can bring so much negativity to our thought process, affecting workflow, mindset, and self-worth. Giving yourself permission to jump into the unknown in the midst of the fear of failure to find your true destiny of what you were born to do is definitely not easy. I'm Dr. Jessica Metcalf, and this is Speak Kindly, You're Listening. Don't forget to check out the book with the same name that inspired it all, soon to be on Amazon in November 2022. With me today is Jane Stoller, a Swiss-Canadian life biz organizer, speaker, author, and university instructor whose passion is in decluttering spaces and organizing business processes. She's the founder of Organize Jane and is a regular on CTV Morning Live and Global News as the in-house organizing expert. And she sits on the Forbes Business Council. On today's episode, we dive into recognizing that you don't have to speak negatively to yourself and that you can find sources to inspire positivity. But one thing that really stands out for me is recognizing that you don't have to do it alone and neither did Jane. Let's get started and enjoy the show. Jane, thank you so much for being here on Speak Kindly. You're listening. Thank you for having me. I was really excited about this podcast. So something that really stands out for me in your transition throughout your entire life is the passion that you had for organizing that started right from a really young age, but not necessarily taking that leap into starting your own business until 2017. So tell me a little bit about the in-between that had been going on. Yeah, so I was really young, six years old, when I started organizing pets and my books, and I just loved organizing. And they say, if anyone's listening who has kids, between the ages of six and eight is when you see if your kid has those organizing or maybe disorganized tendencies. And it's a great time to also shape them to be organized. So that's just a little tidbit. But I just always loved it. It was my passion. But I grew up in Canada where a lot of listeners might be from. And we were very much told to go to school, get a corporate job. So I did that and just downplayed my passion. I did start my business in 2007 after I went back to school, got a master's. And I was like, I can do my own business. But I was too scared to market myself and it failed. So I went back to corporate for over a decade. And then in 2017, officially launched it again. You know, I failed the first time and the second time around, I'm here now. Okay. I love that you use the word fail because I feel like there's a lot of people who see the word fail as something that's really bad. So in between that time when that failure initially happened, how were you speaking to yourself? Oh gosh, it was just, especially since the advice I'd gotten was very corporate oriented. It was, this was before even lifestyle bloggers and communities and podcasts existed. So I'm not making excuses, but it was just very like, you can't do this. You don't have a business idea. It's too fluffy. There was just, it wasn't a very positive environment and I didn't know where to find that. So I did have a couple of books and things, but I was searching for things like, like this podcast or like communities or like empowerment groups, which today we have so much more access to. So I'm so thankful for that. And that's what really helped me the second time around. So when you took that second leap, what was it that gave you permission to be able to take that leap? A lot of different things. I had now a lot more experience, more contacts, more network, which was great. So that's why I never downplay working in corporate. But it also just gives you that little bit of, you know, I hired a coach, like a personal branding coach. Yeah, let me get over my fears. And that's really the only thing that saved me from the first time where I failed. So hiring the coach to help you get over what you need to get over. Okay. And during that time, when you noticed that that voice was telling you, I can't, or this is fluff. Because something that I love that's on your website is declutter your mental state by 
decluttering your office space. Because if we see it too, we're going to automatically start speaking to ourselves really negatively. So how did you start to shift what you were saying to yourself? Yeah. And that shift probably happened over 10 years. So it takes time. <laughs> yeah. I like <laughs> the, that the truth. Yeah. It does take, it's not overnight and there's nothing I could, I don't know if it's any magic sauce that can make yourself be nicer to yourself in that, but it took a lot of time and just surrounding myself with those people that were positive, similar business ideas, seeing other people who are doing it, getting that confidence, hiring a coach. So I think that shift is really accumulation of things over those 10 years. But it really has to do with just even when you're working in corporate, you're still building your confidence. Even if you're too scared to do something, there's got to be some little things or little wins that say, you know, I can do this X, Y, and Z can or something during that time. So I know that uh, I listened to a a speaker the other day who called it a hype file. She has this file where she puts good things. um, She's wrote a book called We're Speaking and How to Pack. And she said, you know, I look at that when I'm speaking negatively to myself. And that's where she says like good testimonials, like compliments and achievements, things like that. So I started doing that and it's helped me. That is amazing. When that hype, because that's the internal validation at times where we actually need to lean in and remind ourselves because it is so easy, especially as a high achieving woman to just discount successes at times, right? And what ends up happening is every time we start a new challenge or step into a new transitional period in our life, it's almost as if we tell ourselves we're starting from scratch and we don't know anything and how are we supposed to start and eventually get to a point where we have this dream to be able to then step into it. So was there ever a point in time when you thought when you were speaking to yourself or you noticed that voice was coming up and you questioned, why is this voice so mean? Oh, like multiple times. And I I think it's just, like you said, as a women, it's a natural thing to happen. And we, especially in a corporate, when you're working with a lot of men, it's a normal thing. You don't think you, it's the machismo we don't have. So we downplay our skills. I didn't think organizing was a skill. I didn't think it could make money off it. I didn't feel bad asking for people for money. So I think it's kind of a natural thing to us, well, generalizing, but we just Mm -hmm. naturally do that. So Again, recognizing it, working on it. I still do it to this day. And I don't know if it'll ever totally go away from me and maybe other people as well, but I'm just conscious of it. And, and I surround people with myself, even in men now that are like, no, you need to do this. You can do this. You need to charge for this. So I think it's recognizing that and constantly working on it, but I don't know if it'll ever go away. Yeah. So two big truths that you just dropped right now is not only does it just take time, right? So something that you said that 10 years. Oh yeah. When we see social media and we see snippets or time lapses, we think that things happen really fast, right? And then stepping into and recognizing that it may never go away, but there's a better way to speak to yourself. So when it does come up, it's recognizing that you don't have to keep speaking to yourself in that way. Something that you touched on, which I've had this conversation so many times with so many women in regards to money and asking or charging what you're worth and what your value is. So tell me a little bit about how you started to get past that. So you could get to that point where you're like, I'm charging this because this is the value that I know I'm bringing. And, you know, I'm still working on that myself, the money mindset stuff. That's hiring coaches. That's, I wouldn't even say go look at what everybody else is doing because they're likely undercharging too. 
So my coach that helped me design my course was like, did a big pricing module and, you know, I do high ticket items and you just really have to constantly don't compare yourself. You need to reverse engineer for your goals. And that's the only I can say, because you'll always be undercharging otherwise. So I try not to compete. I try to just to have my prices. I don't discount them. If people aren't interested, then they're not and they move on. So it's a constant, that money mindset. And there's a lot of coaches that do that as well. And I'm also looking into maybe hiring a coach for that. So working on it. Working on it. And I think that that's what we expect for that not to be there is all of a sudden things will just get better and we'll get over something. And that's really challenging because being human, we're constantly evolving. And as new challenges come up, that's when we get to step into and say, okay, you know what? There is something that I can still work on here instead of thinking we're regressing because it's so natural to be like, I just worked on this two years ago. Why is this still coming up again? But it's that maybe there wasn't something that we fully worked through that is now coming up that we need to process a little bit more. So stepping into and giving yourself the opportunity to start to make that shift. Was there ever a time when your inner gremlin kept you stuck and made it hard for you to push yourself? Yeah, I think the first years I was trying to like get a course going and I just tried to put it out there and low really cheap and get people going because they were like, oh, people won't pay for this. It's not that valuable. And that's when I had to really say, okay, no, I want to do this course. I need to hire a coach. Tell me how to do it. Someone who's done it similarly. So for two years, I struggled with that. And then even paying for the coach was whatever it was, $6,000 for this online course. And I thought, oh, that's so expensive. So it's that back and forth and really taking ownership, being like, no, I need to change this. If I want to keep this business, I have to do something about it. So if I didn't hire that coach to help me design my course, figure out how to do it, I wouldn't have a course that sells today at a high ticket price. So just finding out what that block is and really finding a solution for it. Stepping into when the solution doesn't feel like it's clear, what would you say to someone who feels like they keep getting stuck in that problem over and over again? How can they go about decluttering that problem? So that's a good one because I always, in my coaching course too, they were like, before you even launch anything, bring a new product. If you feel stuck, talk to 50 people who are in your network, your ideal clients who you think this product will be good for, get their feedback, ask them a similar set of questions and just really what are people looking for from you, whether it's a product and or service, go back and ask them. These are your interviews of people that will eventually probably buy from you. And if not, they want a different solution, but that's going to give you some research into perhaps what you're offering, what you're not offering, what you might be good at, or asking even in the last question, what advice do you come to me for? What products would you like to see me make? Things like that will give a lot of insight. That research phase, I think we don't spend a lot of time on or give value to as much because we just want to be putting stuff out there and we want to see, okay, what's going to work. But asking those questions are just as important if we want to be able to do what we're passionate about. And it's it can be chaotic at times in the beginning when we're trying to navigate through and say, okay, but what is it exactly? But narrowing down our focus, finding our coaches, finding mentors and other supportive communities to be able to support us, then allow us to get to that next step and then help build up our own inner cheerleader, knowing that we don't have to do this all on our own. So what would you say is the difference now versus when you were hearing your inner gremlin before? Oh my gosh. It's like, it still comes up. So you're still always the same person, but now I just have, I know kind of what the triggers are, what I have 
support. I have communities. I can listen to things. I have that hype file. And that helps me keep when I'm slipping back and thinking like, oh my God, this business is never going to survive. I should just go back. Little things like that will help keep you on track. But I don't say it's ever going to go away, but if it's getting better and now probably I'm helping other people get over it as well in my with my clients and on these podcasts. So just like I listen to a lot of people say maybe similar things or give similar advice. I think it's just passing it along and taking that advice and keep going with it. But those hype files really helped me. So we've been talking about inner gremlin a lot and it's so easy to navigate. Okay. It's the, I can't, it's fluffy. This is never going to work. What would you say if your inner cheerleader came up, what would be your hype up sentence that your inner cheerleader comes to tell you now? That you were born to help people get organized. (laughs) Yeah. And nothing will stop you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that. So when you started to formulate that, when or how long did it take for you to believe that in your core? You know, I started at six. I knew this, but it didn't actually formulate a business till when I was 35. And then now I'm 40. So it's still there, but I'd say getting really clear on your offer, your focus, getting that research, getting people to buy in, having those positive customer experiences for anything you do helps bring that that and once you help somebody and they say that was really helpful that's when your cheerleader applauds you when you say that sentence so on those days that you're not having the greatest day and you say that sentence how does that change your outlook on that bad day or that difficult challenge that came up yeah i feel like i need to put a banner up <laughs> yeah. it really would help a yeah. lot more and i think as an entrepreneur like we have the ups and more ups and downs than oh, in corporate in terms of just feeling like a cheerleader and then seeing those words and then the next day forgetting them because something bad happens or it's there are really big highs and lows so putting it on a wall would help i like that idea or really repeating those words like writing it in your journals the daily mantra something like that something simple would definitely be helpful mantras and intentions are so important because when we start to say them on repeat, eventually our body then picks up on it too. And that stress response starts to turn off. And one of my clients was just recently telling me one of her mantras is, I can step into difficult situations. And eight months ago, when she started saying it, she really didn't believe it, but she knew that this is what she was challenging herself with. And eventually, eight months later, she's like, that sentence alone calms me down, Mm -hmm. right? And so we don't recognize at times, going back to decluttering your mental state, when we can really bring in focus around how we choose to speak to ourselves and change it and find those words that matter and have purpose and meaning to us, it makes us then step into more difficult situations. So what would you say to someone who is having a really hard time trying to navigate that inner gremlin right now? I like what you said, like keep that word, you keep repeating it. Listen to podcasts like this. There's so many out there. Find some kind of mentor online, offline. Look at those every day. There's books, whether it's somebody that's been doing something you admire and they have probably have similar doubts that you've had. So just keep watching those and listening and surrounding yourself with that. Amazing. Would you say that you surround yourself with those individuals and can lean on people at times when you feel like your inner gremlin is too loud? I don't even think lean is the right word. I just think absorb because you, a lot of them are just not even, yeah, are not even in my 
I couldn't even call them. And I don't like calling people and saying, Hey, are you busy? Cause a lot of people are, but still they've put out some content. They put out, they put something out in the world that deals with exactly what I need. So I think when there's so much out there, we just need to say, okay, I'm going to, I need some support on this. I'm going to absorb this information. People put out this content for a reason. I love that. What would you say as of recently is something that you have absorbed from a mentor, a friend, or someone you follow? So the big one is progress over perfection. And that's been a big one. And I think I saw it on a Canadian dragon, Michelle Roman, I follow her, but she posted it. She's not original, but she just reposted it one day. And I thought, you know what? It's true. And she's always talking about, she's our Canadian young billionaire. And she's always talking about her failures too. So that was a reminder for me too, because often we get stuck. You know, I'm trying to develop kind of a new angle to my course. It's like, oh, it's not ready, but it just get it out there and get some feedback, get it rolling. So that's a good point. Oh, I love that. Okay. So Jane, anything coming up right now that you would love to let the listeners know that they can keep an eye out for you? Yeah. So I, a lot of my clients asked for more personalized support. So last year I hosted my first retreat. It was in Cabo San Lucas last year in April, and it was phenomenal. We had 12 attendees and six speakers just together organizing their business plans. And now I'm hosting another bigger conference and it'll be in Dubai in 2023. And it'll be for a lot of expats or people who just want to go to Dubai for a couple of days too and attend this conference. And it'll be all about organizing your success and happiness into it. And you get my business plan at the end. So that's the big thing I'm working on right now. And then just continuing to support my clients in my course. That's amazing. So if people were to head over, they can check you out. And if anyone's looking, all of your information will be in our show notes. And thank you so much again for taking the time to talk about that inner voice and how it can be a struggle, but that doesn't have to consume you. Well, thank you for having me. And I just hope it can help one listener. And again, anybody can also reach out to me on my DMs. I'm always available for support and resources and to share the information. Yes. Any last little tidbits you would love to share? For every minute spent organizing, an hour is earned. So organize that projects, those courses, those time batching, and you'll save a lot of time. I love it. I absolutely appreciate when someone who has made waves in their journey still shares that no one does it alone. In fact, the more that we support each other and then find help in others that we are looking for, we don't have to feel alone or think we have to do it all on our own. Key takeaways from today. One, your inner cheerleader can slowly silence your inner gremlin over time, and that can be done with the help of other cheerleaders as well, including the right tools, mentors, and intentions. Two, Organizing yourself and decluttering looks different to each of us, and we get to explore what works in order to turn down the volume of the inner gremlin. Every episode will have a reflection question, and this is yours for today. Who in your life offers support that you accept? Part two, who in your life has offered support, but you have been too stubborn to accept? Oh, that's a good one. Think on that one. When you have found your answer, send me a DM on Instagram or an email to info at drjessicametcalf.com. That's info at drjessicametcalfe.com. Thank you so much for joining us today and looking forward to our next guest, Dr. Sarah Saska, who will be getting personal with us about her current journey of navigating high expectations and mental health. And when you hear your inner gremlin, ask yourself, would I say this to a loved one? And if your answer is no, then it's time for a reframe. Speak kindly, you're listening.